Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. All in. That's the word for today. All in. Amen. No further ado. It's our um, guest missionary that I heard talking. I wasn't... We were in a conversation when we were over there, and somebody talked about, Aaron, you American? And he's like, no, I'm Peruvian. I've been here more than half of my life. And he's not denying that he's American. He's just been more than half of his life in Peru. So he feels himself, he embraced the culture, and he's himself, he sees himself as Peruvian. Amen? No further ado, here's our uh, guest missionary, Pastor Debbie Hodges. Hallelujah. Es un gozo poder estar aquí con ustedes hoy día, con mi esposa, con mi familia. Hoy día es el cumpleaños de, de mi hijo medio, Jordan. Hoy día cumple 16 años. Entonces, feliz cumpleaños, hijo. Desde otro púlpito. <laughs> es un... I'm sorry. Um, I just went to Spanish. Wow. That was actually not on purpose. So, hey... Some of you guys speak Spanish, right? So anyway, son, it is, it's good to be able to say happy birthday to you from another pulpit. It's his 16th birthday, so happy birthday. I was actually going to do that as a joke, and then I realized that I just switched. So anyway, so it is an honor to be here at the church at All Nations and to be able to be back after everything that's been going on around the world, and today we have awesome news to share with you. And I wanted to start with my wife, Ceci. She's here with me. It's not often that we get to travel together as a family like this. It's, we, I try not to come back to the States as much as we can stay in Peru. I try to stay there. Uh, as Misael was saying today, um, I've been down there now for 22 years. I'm 42 years old, so more than half of my life has been given to the mission overseas. And I was raised in church, so I've, I belong to Jesus, I love him, I worship him, and he's all for me. So anyway, I just wanted my wife to, I wanted my wife to share with you guys. Good morning, I'm so happy to see faces that I know, and it's really all nations, it has a special memory with us, because mm -hmm. the church was locked down in the pandemic <laughs> in 2020, so uh, we... We were so, so happy. My kids were so happy to see friends and to have this time with all of you. Well, I want just to, to share a little bit of uh, Iglesia Vida that Pastor Misael was talking about, or Brother Misael, I think, <laughs> I don't know. I call Pastor everybody. So I uh, was talking about, and we have this, uh, we've been working in Iglesia Vida now for, 16 years, actually, the time that Jonah, that Jordan is, uh, has, the years that he has. And we are working, uh, opening more churches 
And now the Lord has expanding the vision now in, in the nation of Peru. We have uh, teenagers that are being trained for missions and young people that are trained for missions. When that pandemic happened in 2020, we in January, we already decided to close the building to go to the streets on Sundays and to have service on the streets. And the church were going and we were having, taking our equipment and everything just to, to present Jesus on the street. And it was a crazy thing that we did. <laughs> I, I, it's not like we, we really planned, planned, but we were just wanted to be obedient. We were getting tired just to be normal. We wanted to do something that really uh, moving, moving to everybody in the church. We didn't want just to sit down, but when March came and this happened worldwide, Peru was very hit because we just opened, in sun we opened Sunday this year. In April of this year is when we started our Sunday service. We were doing it on Saturdays because it was uh, shut down for two years. And no service, uh, buildings couldn't be open. It was very restricted. And so, but it gave us a big opportunity. So in 2020 is when we start our center, missionary center in Jicamarca. So now we are training people to go to missions. Peru uh, has nearly a hundred years of uh, the gospel. Like the first missionary came to Peru near a hundred years ago. And we are a very evangelized country, but now it's our turn to send missionaries. And that's why we are working to awaken the church, revive the church to be a sending nation mm -hmm. country. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, Sam, I'll help you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, right now in Peru, I'm, I'm using two mics here. I don't know how to shut this off if somebody can grab this for me. A little bit too much technology. No, not at all. Anyway, so... Right now in Peru, we are experiencing an expansion in ministry that was totally unexpected. Yes, the pandemic down in Peru has just now been declared as over as far as like pandemic goes. So we're just now as far as from what I remember, August, um, most of our restrictions were just now lifted in August of this year, of 2022. So since the beginning, God had begun to really burn in our souls just the need to go out from the very beginning to continue to push forward, not to allow anything to hold us back. And so with the young people that we had gathered around us in the beginning of 2020 and the end of um, 2019, we got a hold of them. We let them know what, what was on our heart. I shared with my sons before we let anybody else know. And I sat down with them and I said, boys, would you be willing to sow your father into the gospel as a seed? If it's necessary, would you allow me to give my life so that the gospel can be expanded? There's thousands of people that are dying. None of them know Jesus. And so would you allow me to go forward? And as a team, as a family, we sat there and we cried together. And it was the youngest one that came forward first and said, yes, dad. 
Of course, I mean, as a, as a young nine-year-old, you would think that he doesn't really know what he's talking about, right? But we had raised him on the Voice of the Martyrs and Torchlighters cartoons on YouTube. And so he understood what that meant to give his life and to give our lives as a family. And so we set into it and we followed God and we followed the wind of the Holy Spirit. As we began to do this, as we began to follow the Holy Spirit, he began to burn more passion and gather more young people around us. By the end of 2020, we had 27 young people that was willing to give their lives with us. We took them into the jungles of Peru. And just before going into Iquitos, we told them, I, we told them that you can lose your life. We don't know what can happen. Iquito was, is the third hardest hit city, was the third hardest hit city by the pandemic. They were burying people with front-end loaders and with dump trucks. You could watch it on YouTube constantly. It was something that was totally mind-blowing. The church had been shut down for nearly a year at this point. And I said, Will, would you be willing to go with us into the jungle and see revival and see an awakening? And they said, yes. We spoke to the church there in Iquitos, and they opened their doors to us. And we told them, I said, would you be willing to bring some of the pastors together and allow us to pray together? If nothing else, just social distancing, whatever it takes, just let us come and be part of what God wants to do there. Because he had spoken to us that we would see revival and that there would be three rivers of revival that would flow from Iquitos. We didn't know what this meant. We didn't know the history of Iquitos. But over the last two years, we've been able to gather more than a dozen prophecies from different decades. Over the decades, since the 1960s, Iquitos has been prophesied over as being the hub that a, that a major revival would break out into Peru and from Peru to the nations of South America, and it would shift South America into becoming a mission-sending and evangelistic hub around the world. And so we said, I, I, I had always desired to be part of something like this. I said, God, I want to see revival. And so we said, we set ourselves into it. We set our, we set our faces like flint, like the Bible said, and we went down. We began to just share with the pastors and share the passion of the gospel and thank God for the paths that these men and women of God had walked. We prayed over their feet in front of the altar there in front of the church because we couldn't wash their feet because of the pandemic, but we were able to pray over their feet. So we came and we prayed over their feet. We, the young people, these young teenagers and young adults began to weep over the feet of the pioneers of the gospel of their day. Men and women that had just witnessed 130 pastor friends in this single city had lost their lives to the pandemic because they would not stop. They became martyrs for a generation. They sold their lives into the generation. And so as they went forth and as we began to pray, as they began to weep over the feet of these pastors, the pastors began to weep over their heads. And the tears began to flow over a generation. And I believe that that day was an outbreak of the fire of the Holy Spirit into a generation. Since 2020, the Lord gave us visions and dreams and we began to pursue these prophecies and the word that God had spoken over the generations and we said, we will execute with the generation that we have, but give us the key, give us, give us the idea, give us the God idea that you would have. And so we presented it to the pastors of the city. They said it, it wasn't going to be possible. They said it had never been done before. And how could it be done? I said, I don't know. We don't have a great plan. All we know is that this is what we saw. This is what we heard. Well, are you willing to believe with us? And they said, if the Lord gives you a sign, then we'll believe. The Lord that night gave us a sign in the middle of, a, of the jungle. Jesus is after his harvest. 
These are the days of great harvest, church. These are the days of great awakening around the world. This is not a day for us to be able to sit idly by and just, and just enjoy life. Death has been so close to us. All of us know somebody that has suffered. But we can rejoice in knowing that Jesus is visiting the earth again. We are beginning to see great harvest in the south. We're beginning to see great harvest in South America. They're beginning to see great harvest in Southeast Asia and Asia and in Africa. God is moving around the world. And so right now in Peru, we just now got off the rivers of the Amazon and we're going to show you a video. I'll interrupt it at at one point because it's kind of a long video and I have a word that I'd love to share with you. So when we got out there to the river, what God had showed us was to take hundreds of young people up the Amazon River and to teach them Jesus, just Jesus, share with them who he is the passion for his name, the desire to make him famous, the desire to to kairuso and announce and to make famous the things that God has shown us, that which we have touched and seen and heard and contemplated. That's what we wanted to share with them and that's what we wanted to give a generation. And so we took them out on a barge. We took 200 young people out on a converted barge and you're about ready to see this barge. 200 from five different countries, six states in Peru, 33 churches in Iquitos. More than half of the finances that were given for this, for the beginning of this movement, more than half of the finances came from the Peruvian church and Peruvian businessmen out of a jungle city in the middle of the Amazon. God is moving and we're, we get to be part of this. This church is part of this. You guys have sown continuously and faithfully and been part of this movement and been part of our lives. So the harvest is not just ours. We share the harvest and we share, we share the growth. As Paul said, and I'm trying to translate from Spanish. He said, I pray that the Lord would aumentar, would, 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 would increase. Thank you. That the Lord would increase to your account, Philippians chapter four, verse 13. And so we pray and we know that the Lord is is increasing to the account of all nations church because what we saw out there, we were able to share the gospel with 102,000 people in May of 2022. 9,500 people gave their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. We baptized nearly 700 people in a kiddie pool down the Amazon in towns and cities down an Amazon River. We were able to reach at least one, at least one unreached people group was represented in one of the movements that was there. We were able to see these young people went into a hospital and nearly emptied a hospital with only 19 sick beds left. This was not great evangelistic preachers. This is the mantle of revival coming over a generation to share Jesus, simply Jesus with the power of the Holy Spirit and executing the commission that was first given to our Lord Jesus Christ and then passed on to us as his disciples. And these signs did follow those that believed. We began to see a generation respond and say simply yes and dare to place their hands on the sick, and they saw them recover. There was nearly 300 miracles registered, registered by these young people. 
They would take their names and numbers and we taught them, you have, to, you have to take their names and numbers so that we can get back in contact with them and so that we can continue to disciple them and get them connected to the body. And after three days of seeing this, they finally started registering. So the numbers we have are not even complete numbers. But what we do know is that God is on the move in a generation in Peru. And this year in 2023, we've already announced this past week, this past Saturday, one week ago Saturday, they took the pastors that were on our boat, began a movement down there, and pushed forward with the local church, and they were able to gather 50,000 people on the streets of their city just to announce Jesus, just to announce Jesus and walk down the streets and parade his name. And so this is the reality of what's happening right now. From here, we're going back. 23 this this last year in may it took fifty two thousand dollars of which thirty eight thousand dollars was given by the peruvian church and businessmen that is 50 cents per person to hear the gospel 50 cents per person each young person that's going to be on the ship this year is going to cost right at four hundred dollars of course they're not able to pay that and the church there, they are beginning to give already. We've already raised $10,000 in the Peruvian church. We've already had some offerings begun to come in here in, in the States. And so we're asking you to join with us, pray with us, intercede with us. We faced one of the things that we taught these young people. We are going in. We're not going to preach the gospel just preaching the gospel. We are going in head first and confronting spirits in towns and cities down the Amazon that have lived in darkness during millennia, and we are going to take this land for the, for the gospel and for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And so thank you guys for standing with us, and we ask you that as you give to keep that in mind of what God is doing down there. Now, as this continues to play out, I just want to put one little plug in here. The music that you heard is from The Awakening out of Oklahoma. That's The Awakening Music on YouTube. You can check out their music. That's ours. That's, that's, from, that's from the IPHC. That's the young people going to the nations from The Awakening. So that's our music, guys. Um, amen. 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 So I want to share with you what our heart is really and and really where our, our heart stands in the movement. If I could just have you guys just gather around in chairs, I would love to just sit with you in the living room and just share our hearts because really we love Jesus and that's what we impart to these young people. We believe that the revelation of who he is and touching him and knowing him is the bedrock foundation to be able to reach nations that's the bedrock foundation to the move of God is knowing who he is, not just knowing how to preach, not just knowing the systematic doctrine, although those things are important, that we do need those things. But I believe that the bedrock foundation and the focus and the foundational revelation is the revelation of who Jesus is. And so the first day we go out there with these young people, we always focus them on Jesus. The second day we take them through who the Holy Spirit is. Our third day, we teach them the commission of Jesus and the way that he gave us his commission as the great commission. And so we come in as ambassadors. The fact is, is that Jesus wants to heal the sick more than we want to heal the sick. 
Jesus wants to see mass salvation more than we want to see mass salvation. Jesus wants his name to be made famous in all the earth more than we want his name to be made famous. You see, this is really about him. And when we think about it, it's really just about worship. When we really think about what it means to, to do missions, and this is, this is really the central thing that we believe, is that missions and evangelism is not really the focus of the church. Missions and evangelism isn't even the focus of the Great Commission. The focus of the Great Commission is worship. Worship because God is central, not man. Worship because he is the main goal to know him and to make him known. And so we worship him and we teach them worship. Missions can't be the ultimate goal of the church, nor can evangelism. Because if worship, if worship is not, and missions is the main goal, then man would be the main goal of heaven. And heaven's main goal is the throne of God. Heaven's main focus is the throne room of God and to see him and to behold him. And when we arrive to know him as we are known. Now, does that mean that missions isn't necessary? Missions and evangelism is so necessary because the focus is to be able to take Jesus to the nations and to our neighborhood so that they can know the gladness and the joy of coming into the mercy and the grace of an everlasting and all-merciful Father. We take them the gospel and we share the gospel message because in him and only in him can man find their true joy. And in finding joy in him, he finds worship from us. And so we take him to the nations, we worship him, and so worship really becomes the fuel of a movement. Worship becomes the fuel, is at least becoming the fuel of this movement, to worship him. Now in worshiping him, we don't just mean standing around, and I, I, believe me, guys, you guys made me right at home. You guys with the worship today, I was right at home, Yeshua, and and say manifestera, those are my songs. Like, like those are the songs we were playing on the, on the boat. Those were the songs that we were like, yes. Yeah. So when you guys were playing that today, I was like, I was right back on the boat. <laughs> so, so we, yes. Yeah, I don't know if you guys did that on purpose, but the, the, the music today that was picked was awesome. So, so anyway, worship as, a, as, as song, yes. But worship as coming from the heart, is where we take these young people and just knowing Jesus and falling in love with him. What greater scripture is there than God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him wouldn't perish but have eternal life. Like the simplicity, the simplicity of the gospel, the simplicity of Jesus is so profound, takes all the complexity of religion and sets it aside. And he makes it so simple and so perfect, so profound that a child of four years old can give their heart and life to Jesus. A child of four and five years old can understand what it means to be baptized in water. The simplicity of the glorious gospel that we have the love of God that was willing to surpass all of our understanding and all capacity to even grasp how in the world would God decide to become a man? Why would he ever in eternity 
choose to humble himself and humiliate himself to such a place of, of putting aside all the glory and all the power of the deity, of the Godhead, and he puts all of that power aside and he decides to come down here on earth and walk among men as the first great missionary. And then he says in John chapter 17, and I did not put this down. He says in John chapter 17 in the last verse, verse 26, he says, and I made known to them your name and you will make it known so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. You see, the, the profoundness of this simple scripture, closing out, Jesus closing out his last prayer before his father as he's walking with his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane. his disciples hear him say this, and to think about really what he's actually saying here. He says, the love, daddy, father, Abba, the love with which you, the sovereign God, has loved your son, I'm asking you to place that love in them so that they can love me the way that you love me. All things aside, my life aside, my career aside, my earnings aside, my life aside, everything put aside just to think and to be able to hold the truth that is contained in this one, one phrase, that you would place your love, the love with which you loved me, place that in them, and then to give us that burning passion, the passion that the Father has toward his own Son, the passion that Jesus now goes to the Father in the beginning of chapter 17 of John. He says, he says I have glorified you, Father, now glorify me. Now glorify your son. And then he puts that commission on you and on me. Like, can you even imagine the greatness of what he's actually saying here? We don't have the duty, but we have the glory of God that now accompanies us, goes before us, is our guard, it's our rear guard, and he is desiring to make himself known through you and me. That's not an obligation. That's a glorious passion. And so to be able to know him so intimately as they begin to sing Yeshua, as they begin to just sing his name in Hebrew, and to think that that name is a substance, it is a person. He has come here to earth and he has taken on human form. And when he went back to heaven, he didn't take off this flesh. But this flesh had to be glorified so that he could stand before the Father as our intercessor, as God-man. And so he stands in heaven with scars on his hand and wounds on his feet with a hole in his side showing us he is still. He is still that lamb that was crucified from before the foundations of the earth. And even though he was found, before the foundations of the earth, he was crucified, he was slain, even though it was before it ever happened, before anything was ever set in motion, he still came here to make sure that it was made clear for you and me that his sacrifice was truly made and that he loves us so deeply that he would call us 
to love him with everything in us and to give our lives wholly and completely, not just by word and philosophy and by religion, but truly, wholly and completely. Every hour of my day, every, every day that I go to, to my work, every day that I'm on the job, whether it's construction or whether it's in a store or whether it's your own job from your house, whatever it may be, but to glorify him. When we go to Walmart, knowing that we are ambassadors of an eternal kingdom that is not yet to come, but now is here through us. That kingdom is here through us, that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, not someday, but today. And that is not for the elders of the church to do, guys. Young people, think about this. You have been called. We have been called from children all the way up to the eldest. When we go to the high schools, when you're going to your junior highs, know him. And as you know him, let that passion for who he is and the love with which he loved you, let that love permeate you so deeply that your life would be a worship to him. Now in closing, I've only got 45 more minutes. That was only the introduction. Time change, yes, time change. We're gonna, we're gonna go from first to fifth here. I think I'm just going to go, go a different way here. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Eh, let me go there. Yes, if you guys would go ahead and come to the, come to the music, please. Verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For all things were created in him, the things in the heavens and the things on the earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him. And all are for him. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that he may be preeminent in all things. As we've come to know him as missionaries, just being raw, I know this is online, whatever, just being raw with you guys. I feel it, that I'm on, at home. I felt like I was on the ship just a little while ago. 
all fullness dwells in him. He must be preeminent in our lives. He has to be the front of everything. He has to be the center of everything. He has to be the all the way around of everything and the substance of everything in our lives. Everything we do has to be permeated, must be permeated. This commission has been given to us as the co-mission. It is not my mission. It is not my mission. This mission was actually given from the Father to the Son. But because the one was not going to be able to fulfill this in three years, because he had to give his life, he had to be glorified so that all things could be fulfilled, then he gives this to us, a new creature, a new creation, something that had never existed before in all of eternity past. This sinful man, this sinful flesh was now going to be inhabited with the same spirit. Now for Jesus, that was something that you could almost make it logical, almost. Theologically, like you can, you can really grasp that. Jesus is the God man, he had never sinned, so holy spirit, perfect spirit, spirit of the Father, spirit of heaven, spirit of eternity, came down and was manifest in the form of a dove and then sat on Jesus and it never left him. The heavens were never closed after they opened over Jesus in his day of baptism. We walk with an unveiled heaven. But Jesus being baptized in the spirit, like you can grasp that. But he's actually showing us the only way that it's going to be possible for the Great Commission to be completed is that he dwell in and through us. The curtain be broken to us and the curtain be broken through us. That curtain is broken to us. There is no curtain, there is no veil. We now stand in his presence and his presence now stands through us. To grasp this and to know this so personally, as we began to understand this, even as, as my wife and I, as we began to come close to Jesus, I, I've been saved since I was five years old. I was called to be a missionary at five. I was deaf until I was five. I mean, the miracles, I knew miracles from five years old. I remember the first sound that I ever heard was in church. So I knew Jesus. But as I've come to know him with me and through me, as that passion has begun to grasp and to grip and to pull. He wants to do this through every single one of us. That feeling, young people, that feeling that you feel when you're, when you're up here in worship and you're just feeling that flow and that fire. Men and women of God, as you're here and you begin to see others, that are enjoying worship. Come in and get close. You may not feel it, but if you get close to fire, you're gonna at least come out smelling like smoke. And just to begin to love him, to behold him. And then when you go out there to the world, we're no longer of the world. We may be in it, but we're no longer of it. 
and the smell of heaven now permeates the time, the day and the moment that we're in where we're at. And heaven's will is now executed in Walmart. The throne of heaven is now made manifest in Target. Now down our streets and in our city and as we do the walk, as we do the walk this afternoon at 3.30 in the capital of Florida interceding for a nation. As we begin to walk, we begin to allow Holy Spirit to just move through us as we intercede for a country so that the nations may know him. So that our streets may know him. And so that I can know what it is for him to move through me. Mm. With this, I promise you, I am, I am going to stop with this. And then we're going to pray. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. You see, they didn't just say what our hands have touched. They didn't stop there. They handled this. They handled this. They understood that what they were about ready to do, this was not just them, but they were actually touching Jesus through them as they prayed for the sick. They were actually touching Jesus through them. And that power wasn't just about fire flowing through me and that feeling of it coming through me, but it was about Jesus being made manifest in reality and in real time. This is for all believers. This isn't for the elite few that stand on a platform in front of hundreds of thousands of people or millions of people. This is for you that is in the prayer closet praying for ministries like ours. These are for you that are going to Walmart. These are for you that are struggling with depression, struggling with anxiety, struggling with fear and doubt, struggling with thoughts of suicide. This is for you, grandmother, who's raising your grandkids. And you're like, how in the world do I grasp the time that I live in? And though we may not be able to grasp time, we may be able to help them grasp eternity. Though we may not be able to understand Twitter and, and all of the stuff that's out there, we can know him and help them to know him. So Jesus, right here over this church, over all nations, over the time and over the day that we live in, God, we pray not just a blessing, but that you, the blessing, would be made manifest, would be made manifest passionately to know you, to see you, to behold you, and then to allow others to know you through us. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that it's not about being an evangelist, but it's about just letting you live through me today at this moment. Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, that you're touching a generation, that a great awakening is already happening in nations, and that in this nation, in the United States, it is not over. Revival is at hand. Awakening is at hand. 
And now is the time, Lord Jesus, for a generation to know you and to experience you. God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. And we worship you. We love you. And we fall deeper in love with you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. If you would stand with me for just a moment. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.